that's good enough. But what do you have to do? You've got to go down into the water. There is a physical thing that you've got to do. Well, I'm gonna, the Holy Spirit's going to make me get down in the water. It's like, no, that is still your choice. You've got to go into the water. It's an act of faith. And right here, we see her here as the Holy Spirit came down and filled each of these men and these women with his Holy Spirit. They had to speak. Something came out of that. Again, I don't understand it completely, but it is something of faith. We have to speak these things. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. These guys are definitely speaking life because it's coming straight from heaven. Amen? No one's ready to attack me yet? Well, Fred will stop you anyway. He's pretty quick. The Holy Spirit is described as a seal. If you guys can turn to 2 Corinthians one twenty-two. Nate, I skipped a couple. Don't let that bother you, my son. 2 Corinthians one twenty-two. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. And also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a deposit. And and I'm sure a lot of you guys, um, whether you're like... uh, Scrooge McDuck or something, you've had to put a down payment on a house. And that's to show that at this time, I can't get the house, but later on, I'm going to either pay in the mortgage or pay the full amount, so eventually that it will be mine. And the Holy Spirit is a deposit in us to show that Christ has bought us with his blood and that we are sealed with him. And he's also a deposit inside of us. Letting us know and reminding us that we are children of God. And that as wonderful this world is and as crazy this world is, um, we are just sojourners here. We're here for a little bit, a vapor of time, a little wisp of smoke. Our true citizenship is in heaven. We're stands up there waiting for us too. And a lot of other loved ones waiting for us. So, I got off a little on that, but that's okay. He's our seal, okay? He's also our deposit. If you guys return to Acts 2-4. Back to the Acts. Now, we already talked about this. That all the people, including the apostles who were there, were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. I believe that one of... This is a seal that shows that they'd received the gift of the Holy Spirit. The apostles received it. And all the people who were there as witnesses received that gift as well. And this is the the seal which he looked for in others. And they didn't look for any other seal. So that is definitely um, one of the things you need to consider. And not... It is just, it's a gift that comes from God, and why not have 
every gift that he has for you? Why not have everything in your arsenal that you need in order to live a godly life in this life, in this age? You need every bit of it. We might not think we need these things. God knows the things that we need. So just receive them as a gift. If we look in Acts 10.46, this is with Cornelius. Peter had sent him, well, the Holy Spirit had sent Peter, and he took six believing Jews along with him to the house of Cornelius. Ten forty six. I'm going to kind of back it up a little bit. Peter is preaching. He said he has commanded us, this is verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he, Jesus, who is ordained by God to be judge of the living and of the dead. And to him all the prophets witness that. Through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. And here's a great interruption. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision, those are the Jews that were with Peter, Peter is a Jew as well, who had believed were astonished, as many as come with Peter, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For when they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they asked him to stay for a few days. So you don't necessarily have to get baptized with water first. As we see right here, before we can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. This whole package came in one, one well, probably who knows how quick that happened and stuff, where they believed the Holy Spirit fell. They were filled and they spoke in tongues. And then Peter's like, hey, these guys need to get water baptized. Do it. Go get baptized. So he decides, the Lord decides how things are going to go and what order they're going to go. And it was different, Okay. It was different from when they had met up in the upper room in Jerusalem. Jesus had told them to go tarry. That's an old-fashioned word to go wait. Okay, these guys didn't have to wait at all. It just came. So, don't put God in the box. He does what he likes. Whenever he wants to, and he doesn't ask people's permission, he is the head. Uh, sometimes I think we all think, like to think that we are. We've got precious uh, opinions about things. But um, he is the head. And uh, he doesn't ask her permission for how he does things in his church. Amen? Amen. All right. I also believe that this is a distinct experience from salvation. Um, we know that afterwards when the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit and they went out, that they became witnesses and they were filled with power. Now, they did miracles before when they were Jesus. But now they were witnesses as well to go do God's will, preaching the gospel. Signs and wonders for those who were all around the world as they went out. If you could turn to Acts 
8.12, Acts 8.12. I'll start with verse 9. There's a certain man, this is verse 9, called Simon, who had previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. That's usually the way that it is with witches and warlocks. They think they're awesome. Uh, They're not. To whom they had all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying that this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. The enemy can still do uh, evil things too. Okay? And just because... um, these type of powers are going on doesn't all mean it comes from God. That's why we need the discernment of the Holy Spirit, and we need to know the Word of God as well. Verse 12, But when they believed Philip, he's an evangelist, and he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself, the wizard, also believed and he was baptized, and he continued with Philip, and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs were done. And he had done signs and wonders before. Now when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, did they just stop there? No, they sent Peter and John. And why is that? We see it further on. Who when they had come, when Peter and John had come, prayed for them, that they might what? Receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And who is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? It is the Lord Jesus. It's not Peter and John. These are just vessels that he is working through. It is the Lord Jesus who baptizes. So they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. I just feel compelled to kind of keep reading this. And when Simon saw that, through the laying out of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you dared think that you could give the gift of God that could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness, and pray to God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven towards you. And this guy had received Jesus as Savior, and he was baptized in water. Now he wanted that, that power that he saw that was operating through John and through Peter. And That just revealed his heart. Can he be forgiven? Absolutely. Peter says, repent for what you've done. But he received a very stern rebuke for what he had done. Still that mixture there. And that takes time. That takes time to get some of that stuff out. So anyway, I'm not sure why it went that way, but I thought it was important for you guys to hear that. We also look in Acts 9, 17 and 18. Concerning beloved Paul, 
And Ananias had been sent to him. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. And when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Again, we see there's there's a different order to that. It wasn't like it was in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit came with a rushing wind and tongues and fire. Here, he had scales come off of his eyes. That's kind of bizarre. But then he received his sight because he was physically um, made blind by the Lord. I think they just revealed kind of his condition anyway. But he received his sight back. And then he was baptized in water and then he got something to eat. Don't forget to eat, guys. We turn to Acts 19, 1 through 6. I think I touched on this last week, too. Acts 19, 1 through 6. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much heard as whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. This is John the Baptist. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, that's Jesus, who would come after him, and on Christ Jesus. And when they had heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. And now these men were about twelve in all. So again, we see a common pattern, but it's different each time that these things are going on. And then we also see here, too, that John's baptism, as great as that was, turning the people's heart to their Messiah, uh, was no longer valid as a baptism in the Christian faith. It had done its part, but in some ways it was one of those things that kind of got left behind. It did its purpose. So we see also with the receiving of the Holy Spirit, that there's two ways to receive. One directly from God, and the other from laying on of hands. Turn to Acts 10.44. This year, when Peter was talking to Cornelius and the Gentiles, the Holy Spirit fell upon those. They didn't lay hands on them. The Holy Spirit just fell. He came from above. No laying on of hands. But then in Acts 8. You guys are being very patient with me. Thank you. Acts 8, when the apostles who were there in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John, we just read that, okay? 
and they laid hands on them. That's something that the wizard wanted. He wanted to lay hands on people so they could receive the Holy Spirit. We see that John and Paul had that gift to do that. So, what are some of the purposes of this type of baptism and being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Uh, it's to receive supernatural power from God. You guys turn to Acts 1.8. This is the last thing that Jesus actually said before he ascended back into heaven to his Father. Jesus says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, it is part of us that we might receive that power which came from God. It's also for us to make sure that, um, as believers, that there's a unity and it makes the body life effective. Okay? Um, one of the last prayers that Jesus prayed before he went to the cross was he prayed that they would be one, Father. Talking about his disciples as you and I are one. And we look across the landscape like right now in uh, 2021 and uh, we don't really see that too much. We see pockets of it, of that type of unity that he was praying. But can you imagine that type of unity where it talks about you may be one as I and the Father are one? That can only be done by his Spirit. And he wants us to have that type of unity with each other. So important. Well, the other purposes of having the baptism is for witness and service, as we already talked about. If we turn, and if we talked about the unity, let's go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 12, 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. This is Paul. Speaking of the Corinthians, how important it is that um, not only do we receive these gifts from the Holy Spirit, but we operate and exercise them. Excuse me. Verse 11, but one in the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members... But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. So, again, we're looking at the body of Christ it's like it is so important to understand and to know what your role is in God's house, in his body. What were you designed to do? What is your function? And that is so important. Uh, people can have their giftings and kind of go out and do their own thing. Be careful of that. We should always ask the Lord, what would you have me to do with this? 
Don't be like a little billy goat. Be a lamb. Always stay close to the Lord. And part of it is like his body is not going to function unless each one of us are doing what he's called us to do. You can't be a heart and beat like 400 uh, beats a minute and stuff. You die. The cells have to do what they have to do. You know, your feet have to do what they do. Walk. You can't walk on your hands for very long. Your hands have to do what they wanted, what they're told to do by the head. So, this will bring about unity in the body because we have Jesus as our head and the Holy Spirit inside of us giving these gifts. So, I'm going to go into really quickly um, a testimony. And I'll finish up with some scriptures and we're going to get into some ministry. So just kind of prepare your hearts. But um, I don't speak about this too often. I've been thinking about it so much in the past month. Um, my own salvation story. And our youth group used to come up from Fort Lauderdale to the inn. Uh, the Christian Training Center on Wire Road. And... I remember, I think it was like the second or third trip, we had come up there, and I was 18. And I had just uh, graduated from high school, and I was looking for direction. And I already received the Lord, had been water baptized. And um, like some people, I just, like, I'd never heard what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was. I'd just never heard of it. And I remember I was downstairs hanging out with uh, some of my friends, and all of a sudden, one of my friends, uh, his name was Manny, he came ran, running downstairs, and his eyes were like bugging out of his head. I was like, oh no, he's like high or something. And <laughs> I know, we were, we were really spiritual back then. It's like the year before that, one of the guys brought like a giant bag of weed with him, but he repented and gave the weed to the, <laughs> I don't know what they did with it. But um, they got rid of it. Um, it's like, oh no, like this guy's tripping or something like that. But there was something about his eyes that was like, no, he's he's not tripping. And all of a sudden, he just started raising his hands up and saying, "The God of the universe lives in me, Josh. The one who created everything, seen and unseen, lives inside of him." And he kept getting louder. I'm like, what in God's name's going on with this guy? He's like, he lives in me. It's like, okay, I get it. He lives in you, you know. And to me, one of, um, definitely one of the issues I've always struggled with, um, is self-righteousness. And, uh, that's a pitiable thing. It's a horrible thing. And that certainly rose up inside of me during that time. As I started thinking in my mind, I'm like, wait a second. This guy's been involved in all types of fornication, drug usage, hanging out with gangs and doing all the things, and he's getting blessed. And what do I have, you know? And he just kept going on and on. And He was just so happy, just so filled with joy. And my horrible attitude was, you're blessing him but not me? And he's like, well, what a terrible attitude that is. But it revealed the heart. So and in spite of that, it's like, you know what? Next, tomorrow night I'm going up there. <laughs> And now I'm going to get what he got with that attitude. 
So we went up there and there was two other friends. Larry Pons was there. I'm or Carl Richardson, our old youth pastor. I think Tony Woodfin was there too. And they just started praying, um, confessing sins. Just, Lord, we want your Holy Spirit to come. And nothing was really happening. And I was just getting so angry, I remember. I was just like, this is unbelievable that this is happening. It's so unfair. And isn't that sometimes what you read in the in the New Testament, how unfair God is sometimes? How we perceive that to be? And it's wrong. But that's exactly how I felt. And you guys need to hear that. And all of a sudden, it just felt like, just for a moment, my defenses just kind of lowered. And I remember the last thing I said before they laid their hands on me and prayed. It was like, Lord, I... Please forgive me. And as soon as that happened and they laid their hands on me, I felt like something was like in my stomach. It felt like like a power source. I, it, was like, it was just like making me vibrate. And I'm like, whoa, what is going on here? And I tried to stand up to go, <laughs> go get some water or something because I was starting to freak out. And I just fell on the ground. And all of a sudden, this language started coming out of me. And all I could do was praise God. You know, in spite of all my, you know, little evils and my horrible attitude towards that, that young man, my friend, and those accusations of God, he still gave me the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, one of the things that it did in me is that it made Jesus Christ so much more real to me. And I had never realized up until that time how much... And if I could say this respectfully, I felt like an orphan. It's like, oh my, this is how it feels to feel the love of God pouring over me. It's like, what have I had before? Not to denigrate anything about my parents. But it's just like, I felt the love of God coursing through my body. And it's like, I was meant for this. Completely. And it's like, rolling on the ground like a fool. Who cares? I know he lives in me now. And that forever changed my life. Forever. That was 30 years ago, almost. And I thank God for that. He did what he wanted with this vessel. And I'm not saying your experience has got to be like that, or like the centurions, or the people who tarried. He does what he wants. God will give you the gift. He will give you the gift. You've got to cooperate, too, though. So I just wanted you guys to know that that is something that I had to walk through. And I received it. And there's been times of refreshing, like Peter talked about afterwards, when all the 120 were out there singing the praises of God and worshiping Him in these different languages people were hearing. It's like, oh, these guys are drunk. It's like, no, it's not even 9 o'clock in the morning, you moron. They're not drunk. This is the promise from the Father. And it is. And Jesus is the baptizer in this. So, I'm going to go quickly through these requirements for receiving. Okay? You have to repent. You've got to turn away. And that little tiny repentance of mine got accepted. Sometimes I feel like God really grades on a curve. He takes us where we're at, guys. And He is so merciful. Okay? And I thought in my righteousness that I super-duper needed to receive that. 
He's like, no, he just showed how ugly my heart was at the time. But he still did it because he's good. Getting baptized. And you have to thirst for it. And if we turn quickly to John 7.37. Familiar passage, John 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he cried out saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, and I think another translation, out of his belly, will flow rivers of living water. And by this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was, has not yet been given, because Jesus had not been glorified. He had died and risen again from the dead, and he hadn't ascended into heaven. So the Holy Spirit wasn't given. But one of the prerequisites, I think, is thirst. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I think just being here, um, whether your intentions were good or bad, you're here. I don't care. Okay, that shows signs of thirst, and that's a good thing. Because he says, if you're thirsty, I, Jesus, you're going to have, not only are you going to get your drink, this is, it's going to be quenched, and then you're going to be able, through the power and authority I've given you, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be able to refresh others too. Oh, we're becoming like Jesus. Amazing. We can't do it on our own power, though. Not on soul power. Ask. We turn to eleven, Luke eleven thirteen. Luke eleven. You guys have been very patient. Your love is growing, guys. I'm telling you. Luke eleven eleven. If a son. Ask for bread from his father among you. Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask. You shall receive. Knock and the door is going to be open. Again, things that we need to do, we need to ask. Speaking. And if the door is knocking, go answer it. He's there waiting. Number six, receiving and drinking. Acts 8.14 Again, we see that with uh, John and Paul here that they were receiving the Holy Spirit. The apostles who were also at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent John 
Peter and John to them. And when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So, it is a thirst. You gotta, when you're thirsty, you need to drink. Just like the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. She was there, she was thirsty. To come and drink. And then finally, you need to offer your members to the Lord in faith. Your members. And the most important right now concerning this is your tongue. Romans 6.13 And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So, amen. So what we're going to do now... Um, I'm just going to believe that the Lord is going to do something. And we're going to ask that he come. And if you desire, as a believer, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak in tongues, I want you to stand and come to the front. And then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You guys can repeat after me if you want to do that. Um... But I believe that he wants you to have this. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And he's doing this because he wants us to be like his son, Jesus. He just does. So, um, yeah, you can play some music, honey. There's an unearthly silence here. And also, I'm going to pray to those who have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit that there will be times of refreshing and renewal. These things are promised to us, too. And sometimes we feel pretty dry and empty. And we want God to refill us. Thank you, Lord. up the log jam. Thank you for these thirsty people, Lord. Thank you. Do not despise these small beginnings and things that we don't understand. Just trust in the Lord.
He is good. He is good. And His mercy endures forever. And if you ask for a loaf of bread, you're not going to get a rock. You will get the Holy Spirit. We have brothers and sisters. Jenny Mo, are you here? Come up too, please. Anyone else in leadership, come up to here too, please. So I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. Okay? There's nothing to be frightened of. This is part of your inheritance as a child, as a son or daughter of God. Just repeat after me. Father, I thank you for your son Jesus. That he has forgiven me all my sins. That you died on the cross for me. That you were buried for three days. That you rose again from the dead. And that you ascended back to the Father. And your promise was that you would give us your Holy Spirit. So Lord, we come to you now. We come to you now. You, Jesus, are the baptizer. Come and baptize us once again. Thank you, Jesus. So if you guys would, just during this time, drink in. Drink in. And as you breathe in, and you're drinking in, just begin to, you're going to feel something. And it might sound like strange syllables coming out of your mouth, but just say something. It might sound like baby talk. It's okay. Some of you might be starting to feel great emotions of joy, happiness, maybe weeping. Reach out in faith. gift of tongues, Lord. This gift of tongues, we can only but bless and worship you. 
you've given us a gift that we can just continually bless you. And when we don't know what to pray, that spirit inside of us knows exactly what to. Through groaning sometimes. But we can't find the words, Lord, through our narrow little minds. You have given us your Holy Spirit. Abide in us forever as a seal and a deposit. Yes, Lord, we rebuke doubt in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. we do now but to praise you and to lift up our voices and bless you Lord King of heaven and earth you who made all things invisible and those things that are seen you dwell in us because of your great pleasure you chose to do this You chose these people. You chose me. To go forth and to do good works. To do the works that you have called us to do, Lord. Deliver these people, Lord. From anything that doesn't belong in there as a child. As a son or daughter of God. We thank you that you love us. That because you loved us first, we know how to love you back. And then we can love our brothers and our sisters. We thank you for this gift. Thank you for the opening of the gift, for the drinking in and receiving from you. We thank you, Lord, that you who began a good work in each one of us is going to complete it. You're the one. You are the author. You started it. You're going to finish it. But we have a part to do in it. And we are so thankful for that. Thank you, Jesus.